Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This is the broadcast for November the 7th of the year of our Lord, 2022. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, to do so using the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. It is the blueprint, ladies and gentlemen, for liberty. The checks and balances put in place by the founding fathers, one of the great solutions at our fingertips. And we protect revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to the broadcast. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. La- uh, Saturday, we talked to Chris Carlson in detail. We also had uh, a couple of guests with us because we're gearing up for the Red Pill Expo. We talked to Mark Herr, and uh, he is the president and co-founder for the Center for Self-Governance, a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization to educate America about the supreme law of the land, about the proper rule of government, and more. Centerforselfgovernance.com is where you can learn more about his work. Mark's an author, a film producer, policy writer, and political strategist. And uh, we, t- he, we talked about his up-and-coming speech at the Red Pill this weekend called The Hidden Man Who Changed Your World. Are you tired of not being heard? Are you new to the political process? Well, he's got training and answers for you. Mark is co-author of the book Speaking the Language of Liberty. And uh, he's done a lot of great stuff. Mark is a good guy. And uh, he says we can learn the system and act. He talked about what is layer cake federalism versus what is marble cake federalism. Layer cake federalism says, hey, there's a separation between the general government and the states. It's like a dual sovereignty. Marble cake federalism is cooperative where everything is shared. We reject marble cake federalism is the idea. We talked about the fact that Joseph Smith taught, I teach them correct principles and the people govern themselves. That was our one. Hour two, we had on David Morgan talking about appropriate constitutional currency. TheMorganReport.com is where you can learn more about his uh, teachings, etc. He's been on all kinds of news media, now finally on Liberty Roundtable Live. And uh, David is a macroeconomist educating people about honest money and the benefits of sound money. And um, anyway, he's a, just a wonderful guy. Uh, he talks about the Silver Manifesto. He said, what would you do if you had a second chance? And the whole focus is turning small towns into places of prosperity. We can do it with honest money is the whole point. He'll be speaking at the Red Pill Expo as well. Without further ado, Dr. Scott Bradley with me. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. Well, thank you. As always, we start off the week with you, and we kind of almost end the week. A lot of people, I don't know how their listening habits are, but, you know, we go through the work week with you on Monday and Friday, and then... uh, you do something on the weekend that sounds kind of interesting, too, from your reviews every time we get together on Monday. So Six days a week, we here. tell the tale of liberty on the Sabbath. We rest and worship the Sabbath, uh, or worship the Lord on the Sabbath and uh, take the Sabbath seriously. We try to make it a delight, uh, Dr. Bradley. The Sabbath is a delight to us. We take a break. We rest from our normal day labors. Uh, we attend church. We worship God. We try to serve those around us. Uh, we try to do that 24-7, but we try to do it especially uh, on the Sabbath and turn the Sabbath into a delight. We don't look for the things that we shouldn't do on the Sabbath. Rather, we focus on the things that we ought to do and fill our time so full with good things we just don't have any time to worry about the rest. That's just well, kind of how we know, roll around here, sir. <laughs> yeah, the uh, you know the, the Savior himself talked about the Sabbath being made for man, not man for the Sabbath. 
And, uh, you know, those that have uh, commemorated Shabbat with families uh, know that that gathering and the, you know, the focus that it should bring to our lives in regards to, you know, how our families should be gathered around us and how our uh, thoughts turn to God and the family unity that comes about that. Uh, I think that's a something that very many people overlook today. Uh, Amen to that. And we should that preserve our thoughts. Good. We should preserve our thoughts and our beliefs, and we should be left alone to our beliefs. That's what the pilgrims came to the Americas for, uh, was for religious liberty and freedom to choose and worship and behave and think as one wishes. Uh, the sad part is today we're jettisoning not only free speech, but free thought and opinions. If you have the wrong opinions, you're absolutely snuffed out of societal reality. Let me give you some examples. Kyrie Irving, a well-known NBA uh, basketball star back in 2017, 2018, he said the earth is undeniably flat. Now, whether you believe that or not, you know, they used to believe that it was flat. And if you said it was round, you were a heretic. Nowadays, if you say it's flat, you're a heretic. Uh, but the problem is then Kyrie Irving of the Boston Celtics had to apologize for saying the earth was flat. Now, I don't understand what the apology is about. He has every right to think what he wants to think, whether it's right or wrong. But it gets worse because now NBA star Kyrie Irving posted a tweet they claim that uh, focuses on or promotes a anti-Semitic documentary. The film is called, quote, Hebrews, Hebrews to Negroes, Wake Up Black America. And uh, in that, it denies the Holocaust and does some other things they claim. But now Nike is suspending its association with the Brooklyn Nets point guard Kyrie Irving. At night, we believe there's no place for hate, they claim. Well, now Irving's tweet comes on the heels of rapper Kanye West and his anti-Semitic remarks on social media in recent weeks. The rapper turned fashion mogul. used to have a ton of sponsors. Now they're all canceling as a result. Now, I'm not backing anti-Semitic views. I believe we're all God's children, and we should behave such. However, I'm willing to admit that, you know what, there's a great concentration of Jewish power and influence in the media and in big corporations. They control a lot of the world, and they do so in a way very abusive to other groups. Nevertheless, the point that I'm getting at here is I think that whether it's something as simple as saying the world's flat or the world's round, uh, or whether it's saying something more anti-Semitic or believing something that's anti-Semitic or believing that we did not go to the moon or believing the problem here, ladies and gentlemen, is we're starting to violate people's right of conscience. Uh, doctor, I want you to speak to that for a second because this is critical. Uh, we're going to get into weightier matters. At first, you kind of want to brush this off and go, who, who cares what this NBA star says? And who cares if somebody thinks the world's flat and they shut them down because it's not true and whatever. But we're getting into some very rough territory when you put it in context of how the founding fathers got here, what they believed and what they advocated for, doctor. You know, there's a broad spectrum of discussion we could have on this and probably speak uh, the whole week about this kind of thing. Um, the concepts that are being, you know, bantered around, um, you know, if Earth is flat or it's not, or a book or a movie or whatever is good or bad, whatever. It's interesting to me that, uh, well, first of all, you know, Nike and its... <clears throat> punishment and it's rewarding for those that uh, follow their woke attitude you know nike can do what it wants it's a corporation and so on and so forth and uh, i can do what i want 
Clear back in 2016, I said I'd never, ever, ever, ever again buy a Nike product. And I've been, I, in fact, I won't wear their logoed products if I had them already. They've been basically um, put into oblivion, if you will. Uh, I can choose to do as I wish, too. And, uh, you know, if, I guess if enough people like me believe this way, you go woke, you go broke. I don't know. But I'm I'm sure that my purchasing habits are not going to dramatically affect Nike's profit line. But maybe if enough people said, the heck you say. And and uh, they decided that uh, this is how they're going to respond. Nike has every right to respond the way they're going to. They can spend yeah, the they money do. the way Nike they want. Yeah, they do. Nike and all these companies have the right to respond the way they want to. Uh, the Part of the problem, though, is, you know, for example, the NBA. You know, can the Boston Celtics or can the Knicks, now that he's with, um, you know, can they just say, hey, you can't have that belief? So they said, hey, we're kicking you, uh, we're suspending you, and uh, you won't be able to play for us. We're going to have to kick you off the team if you don't do the following things. One of them is recant and apologize and stuff. Uh, the it's question a, becomes, a, you know, at what point does an employer have the right just to say you can't even have your own thoughts or beliefs, and when will that become a religious reality? Yeah, it is. Literally, I mean, it is the way an official policy of the United States Civil Rights Commission as published in, in 2016 under the Obama administration. They're seeking to narrowly define thoughts that might be held in the public marketplace. This is truly an assault on, on everybody and anybody. Uh, your your religion or, or irreligion is being assaulted. And the fact of the matter is that I, I just don't understand why society cannot see. Of course, most people don't read anymore. They probably don't. When I say Orwell's 1984, it's like, huh? Uh, you wonder where wh what has happened to people that we can't connect the dots on things. You know, Winston Smith worked in the Ministry of Truth, quote-unquote, okay, where everything that didn't fit the current narrative was put down the memory hole. And and we are living in a society that is doing that absolutely, completely, and and it's being— And whether you agree with Kyrie Irving or whether you agree with Kanye West or whether you agree or disagree isn't really the point. You can say, well, yeah, corporations can do whatever they want. That's true, but at some point, hey, then pretty soon Scott Bradley believes that God lives. Well, then me, his grocery yeah. store. Hold on. Then his grocery store says we're not going to sell groceries to you. You think God lives? Are you crazy? And where does this end? And where's the line from a constitutional perspective? And I submit to you that the the two great supports, religion and morality, have everything to do with this discussion. They do indeed. And people can think somebody's stupid or idiotic. I, I the first time I was excommunicated, if you will, from the Republican Party was 1992. I believed that uh, the voters, everybody had to have a, well, they didn't have to, but it was right to give them an opportunity to hear other opinions than the party line, if you will, and that the party was big enough to demonstrate the validity of their opinions, as was anyone else. And uh, at the time, wow, their first quarter's gone. I can't hardly believe this. Hey, skip the break, Cam, will you? All right, there you go. Keep going, Scott. Well, there we go. I keep talking through everything. So anyway, they brought in before a summary execution. It was a star chamber, if you will, uh, through the uh, county. Um, I'll have to think of the actual name they used. Anyway, it was the organization that headed the Republican Party in my county. And uh, they literally brought me in and says, what are you doing? This is not the party line. He says, I don't, you know, 
I can believe what I want. You can believe what you want. But does it mean that, that we need to completely subvert all discussion of any opinions other than within a constraint? And, and they had a hearing, and they, they kicked me out. They stripped me of all my, uh, uh, if you will, assignments that I'd been elected to in the Republican, I'm speaking of the Republic, approach to being able to have your neighbors elect trusted representatives to elect them as delegates to county and state conventions, as as uh, as chairs of of different caucuses, and and you know anything, whether it was uh, at the state or the the county level, they stripped me of all those so things. So when did that occur? That uh, that occurred in 1992. So and, ladies uh, and gentlemen, think about that. On. 92 to 102 to 12 to 22, 30 years ago, ladies and gentlemen, and now it's getting worse because you look at Irving's tweet. You look at Kanye West, and you say, well, those are, you know, superficial issues, or who believes in hate? I mean, come on, if you don't believe in the Holocaust, you're a bad guy. It happened, and how dare you say it didn't happen, or how dare you? Well, what if you're not quite that deliberate, where you say, I'm not saying it didn't happen, but I am saying I don't trust the government's narrative on it. They've got a lot of facts and a lot of reality wrong. Uh, They act like it's the biggest meltdown in the world, but there's been others that killed more people than even the Holocaust. And I'm not saying it didn't exist, but I am saying we're not being told the truth on it. Can you say that or are you half anti-Semitic? See, where do you go with this and where does it end? You could say it's something simple as the earth is flat. But then what about Dr. Bradley, who literally got shut down at the Republican Party level? They're a party, but yet they control elections. So they're a private group, but yet they control elections. Well, let's up the ante a minute, shall we? So I got a clip for you to play, uh, Cameron, and it's going to be in the folder. And it's the, uh, let's see, let me tell you which one it is because it's not named in the way that I will describe it. But it is a clip uh, that highlights what's happening. Greg's announcement from federal prison uh, is what it is. So Greg Phillips and Catherine Engelbrecht uh, got put in prison by the judge. Because in their uh, battle on the election fraud issues, uh, you know, the mainstream claims claims they're lying and there's no election fraud and they're crazy and delusionary and lying. Uh, But Greg and Catherine have exposed that, you know what, Connex Corporation with Eugene Yu was storing uh, our election data on communist Chinese servers accessible to the Communist Party. And the New York Times mocked us and said it wasn't true. We said that it was true. Eventually it turned out to be true. Uh, Eugene, you got uh, extradited to California and arrested by uh, Los Angeles County, right? And so now we're upping the ante. So Greg and Catherine went to prison uh, about a week ago because they would not give up some of the sources uh, that helped them prove this point. So it used to be they're lying, they don't have a clue, it isn't true, to now, well, we know it's factual because a guy got arrested, the owner of the company, turned out to be a Chinese operative, and now we're going to force you to give over the source information. So Greg and Catherine would not do it, so they went to federal, or they went to prison. Now Greg makes an announcement from federal prison. Uh, that's that's what's going on there. And uh, so where do you go for that now, right? What do you do with that? So it's called Patriot Games, Cameron. Have that ready. And Greg's announcements from federal prison says this. It's in the test folder, Cameron. Maybe while he's looking for that, I can just make a comment about, uh, you know, there's there's a, a term going around in society now called Karens. 
these are the ones that are going to straddle on everybody out. Here. Yeah, that's right. Yep. So there's Karens. There's so these Karens are out there, and they're straightening everybody out. And we have a society of Karens, and these are the self-important uh, know-it-alls that are are basically compelling everybody to conform to their perspective. <laughs> and they're and if you're not a birther, check. if you're not a birther, you're an earther, and if you're not, a, you're an election denier, and it goes on and on. Here's Greg's statement from prison. Hey, this is Greg Phillips. You may know me from the movie 2000 Mules. Some of you may know us from our podcast, our wildly successful podcast, Patriot Games. Um, and, and a few of you may follow me on True Social at, at Greg Phillips. This week has been incredible. Um, we've been uh, held political prisoner. Um, we are in jail. Um, we are in solitary confinement in jail. Our voices have been silenced. Um, we're unable to really communicate with folks in a regular way. Um, and we believe that Marxism and, and communist America is in full swing. The American left has conspired with the media and they've conspired with a rogue political government to silence the right, whether it's Donald J. Trump, whether it's Roger Stone, whether it's Paul Manafort, whether it's General Mike Flynn, they're doing everything they can do to silence us, but it will happen. We, won't, we will not be silenced, period. I'm reaching out to you today because we are starting a new channel on locals called Patriot Games. Uh, here we'll be able to give regular updates, we'll be able to post text, we'll be able to post links to documents. Uh, All right, so there it is, Patriot Games. It's going to be on local. You can look for it, uh, etc. Now, that was Greg's announcements from federal prison yesterday about midday. Last night, it turns out that Greg and Catherine, thank God, got released. Catherine Engelbrecht and Greg Phillips released from prison, ladies and gentlemen. That's the good news. And Catherine released the following statement upon their release. Quote, those who thought imprisoning Greg and I would uh, weaken our resolve have gravely miscalculated. It is stronger than ever, she says. Now, here's the further part of the statement. The right to free and fair elections without interference is more important than our own discomforts and even this detention now reversed by a higher court. Dr. Bradley, this is what we're talking about. So you can, you can joke about Kyrie or you know, Kanye West and say, man, they're just off the rails. And, <laughs> but when you start to reject Dr. Scott Bradley from the Republican Party because he wants all voices at the table, and when you literally imprison Greg and Catherine because you don't like what they're saying or, or won't say, they refuse to give up the name of their sources, because we know what the government's going to do is just go after the sources and wreak havoc rather than looking at the real case before them, which is, you know what? They got caught storing United States election data on communist Chinese servers by a communist Chinese operative who runs an election software company. The company is called Connex. They have a bunch of different softwares relating to elections, but they were storing it on communist Chinese servers accessible to the communist Chinese party. Greg and Catherine said it was true. 
We doubled down and confirmed it was true, many of us in the media. But the government says we're all liars until we now proved it and he got arrested. But now they're going after all the sources, doctor. Where does this lead in the long run? Well, it's a chilling effect on the free exercise of so many things. Speech and press are happen to fall in the First Amendment right now. We have, uh, we're on a very slippery slope right now as Americans. You know, the, in the Soviet Union, they talk about apparatchik. They're the dull, drab, lifeless almost, if you will. Um, the ones that carry out, they're the clerks. and They're the, uh, the ones that are tasked with, with keeping the Soviet-style tyranny in power. The apparatchik has taken over uh, some very senior levels of the United States government. We have judges in the apparatchik. We have uh, officials in the administration. I mean, holy cow, whether it's the uh, attorney general or whether they're Supreme Court justices or, or whether they're people that are being appointed as judges or whether they're the media that are apparatchik operating in oneness with this idea of shutting down uh, so many of these God-given rights that, uh, that have been taken for granted for so long, they're disappearing. And, and so I think that the, the Soviet apparatchik really has a huge footprint. And when I say footprint, I mean a foot on the throat of the, uh, the American people. And this idea that we are going to choose your belief system, we are going to vet all information and decide what you might ought to have, you know, it's it's like we need to go back to some of the original uh, definitions about things that are slanderous or libelous or so on and let people, you know, be punished by uh, those that are slanderously spoken against or whatever. Um, and, and they take them to court and they, they take their pound of flesh or whatever. But for government agencies, for technology companies, you know, like that have been, that have received a huge amount of uh, government assistance generally and, and have been kept harmless by the way the laws have been written. Uh, it's basically they've been given immunity to do whatever they darn well please. And it is just chilling on everything Americanist. And we've got to wake up. We're allowing a huge pall of darkness to come upon this nation. And, uh, and, and everything is chilling to the sharing of correct noble principles because they're against that. The Karens of the world have decided that you cannot talk about constitutional principles, for example, or a belief in a God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in a public setting. You cannot do anything. I, well, yeah, you can worship in your church or synagogue or temple or whatever, but don't you dare bring that to your life every year, every day. Uh, if you want to have in your business a um, an insurance plan that doesn't pay for abortion, shame on you, they say. You we've got to we've got to uh, silence that. That is appalling to think that that you would be able to run your business the way you want. But then we have the the Nikes of the world that offend everything that I cherish, and my only response is okay, fine. You don't want my business again. It's not going to kill them the infinitely small revenue stream that I have is not going to kill them. At Disney, I mean, the, the agenda that they're proposing and everything like that, people need to say, I will not, I will not support this. I, I spoke with some people the other day that 
I respect. I love them like family. They're not family. But uh, but they continue to take their grandchildren to Disneyland. And I say, what the, what the heck are you doing? You are feeding the beast that is taking from your children and grandchildren the things that ultimately and finally you'll wonder why you lost. It, we've got to start waking up and connecting the dots, people. All right, I got two more tidbits on this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is serious. Dr. Peter McCullough faces loss of medical credentials from misinformation. We'll talk about that in seconds with Dr. Scott Bradley on your radio. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. An Iowa teenager who was sentenced to five years of probation earlier this year after stabbing her alleged rapist to death escaped custody at a women's center in Des Moines, Iowa on Friday. Piper Lewis, 18 years old, walked out of the Fresh Start Women's Center and cut off her GPS monitor. She was sentenced in September to the five years on closely supervised probation and ordered to pay $150,000 to the family of 37-year-old Zachary Brooks. President Biden is blaming the oil industry for high gas prices. Oil companies blame President Biden's policy for the high prices. Biden affirmed the oil industry's claim at a Kathy Hochul rally over the weekend, saying he's blocking all new drilling. There is no more drilling. I haven't formed any new new drilling. Tomorrow is Election Day. Tony Maruso from the Gulf Coast has more. The race to control the Senate is in the home stretch. Nate Silver, editor-in-chief of 538, appearing on ABC's This Week, tells us where things stand right now. We have the GOP with a 55-45 edge. You can call that a dead heat if you want. You'd rather have 55 than 45. But with six or seven races within a couple of points, you could have fairly big swings either way. From the Gulf Coast USA Radio News Bureau, I'm Tony Maruso. A 20-year-old man in Salt Lake City went on a carjacking spree and crashed into multiple vehicles on Friday after getting upset over a canceled flight to Denver. Three vehicles were carjacked, five were crashed into. After his last vehicle became disabled, John Joseph Thomas Green threw rocks at cars on I-80, trying to get someone to pull over to steal before being arrested. SpaceX is set for an 11.06 a.m. Eastern Standard Time launch of a Falcon 9 rocket with a pair of communication satellites tomorrow at Cape Canaveral, Florida. USA Radio News. Do you have three ex-wives and your current trophy wife wants a life insurance policy three times the size of the policies you had to purchase for your previous mistakes? If so, you need to call Big Lou at Term Provider, 800-568-2790. Big Lou is intimately familiar with your problems. And if you're 50 or 60 years old and in reasonably good health, a $1 million policy should only cost about 100 to $200 per month. Big Lou may have a solution for your previous policies as well. You may even save enough money to lighten the load on your new $1 million policy. Remember, call Big Lou. He's like you, except he's only on number two. Call Term Provider at 800-568-2790. That's 800-568-2790. For a million dollars in term life insurance that you can live with, call Big Lou at 800-568-2790. 
All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Quickly, I want to highlight this reality check. So Dr. Joseph Mercola, no, I'm sorry, Dr. Peter Mercola, or Mercolo, I guess it is. I get mixed up between these two guys. Anyway, Peter Mercola faces loss of medical credentials for, quote, disinformation. Doctors now sue the Newsom administration over medical misinformation law. They're making laws in California saying, hey, you as a doctor can't even tell the truth scientifically. You can't tell the truth according to your experiences. You can't stand up for uh, the best practice the best way. You can't, uh, by any means, you can't speak out against COVID or say anything uh, that's not, quote, COVID scientifically accepted. Or in other words, hey, if you disagree with Fauci and Donald and Joe, then you're a, a problem. Um, this is where we're talking about. So we started out by saying, hey, Kyrie thinks the world's flat to Wait a minute, Dr. Scott Bradley shut down at the Republican Party for wanting all ideas at the table to Catherine and Greg get arrested because they tell the truth but won't give up their source. Journalists face that all the time. Uh, well, now we've got doctors, literally Peter McCullough, uh, and literally these uh, doctors uh, in California, many of them are frontline doctors, etc. They're all being shut down over this very issue. Dr. Bradley, we've taken this to the stratosphere, sir. Uh, there's no question about that. Uh, you know, there's a term, <clears throat> an ad hominem attack. It's a personal attack. You know, you're ugly, you're fat, you're too short, you're too tall, whatever. Yeah, Donald is famous for them. Yeah. Well, the ad hominem attack, in my opinion, and I've, I've observed this for many decades now, what it really means is that the person that's exercising an ad hominem attack is out of gas. They have no further argument. They can't logically, reasonably, or intelligently address an issue that's on the table before them. And so they take these personal attacks, an ad hominem attack. And uh, they tend to, uh, I mean, it's like, well, you guys are just stupid. You know, it's, it's, there's, there's nothing to back it up. And, and this, is, this is maybe not the ultimate ad hominem attack. The ultimate ad hominem attack is getting crucified or, or put to death or something like, you know, sometimes they're synonymous. But the fact of the matter is, when they're out of gas in their arguments, they cannot any longer stand and say, well, I believe this for this. There's nothing left in their bailiwick. They attack you personally. And here's what they're doing with this is they're shutting down those that disagree with the, what is the official narrative, which is really only, it's a, it's a marketing ploy by pharma companies. It's something that uh, they have decided they're going to use to subvert the freedom of all nations and all lands. And, and if you, they, they, the people that are using these attacks have no scientific evidence in their camp. And they're using strong-arm tactics to try and enforce Assist a system that can no longer be defended. They cannot. Most of us regular people that have paid any attention at all came to a conclusion 31 months ago that it was a pack of lies. And this idea of safe and effective, and this idea of good global citizens, and this idea of make your grandma safe or whatever, they're, it's a complete fabrication. It's taken off the marketing uh, announcements of the big pharma companies who have made billions upon billions upon billions of dollars in this particular instance. But it goes well, beyond Joe that. Biden, Joe Biden just got caught in a lie fact check, too. He talks about the average price of gas versus the common 
the most common price of gas. They don't want to admit the average price of gas is way too high before the elections. So they're using this, well, the most common price of gas is this. Well, that's lower than the average, so they're kind of deceiving people because they're just saying that, and most people don't realize the difference between the most common and the average. It's about 60, 70 cents difference right now. Uh, but now he's even misquoting the most common price of gas. So he's not factual on any case. But you see, he's allowed to commit those factual dishonesties or those manipulations. But if any of us want the right to free and fair elections without any interference, ladies and gentlemen, then we're literally shut down and throwing people in jail. How long will it be until they take people's lives? Seth Rich of yesteryear lost his life uh, over this stuff. Most people have dropped that case now. Uh, but we never got to the bottom of it. They just said it was a robbery and dismissed it. But now we're getting more and more evidence uh, that it was a political hit. We mentioned that at the time, but now the evidence continues to mount. Uh, and we're really seeing a violation of not only your freedom of speech, but it's chilling the whole nation. I got shut down on Twitter because I said, hey, there's some Israel reports coming out. LifeSite News and others reported this, that, hey, there's um, more people dying from the vaccine jab. Uh, than they are from the COVID itself in the elderly elderly population in Israel. There was documentation on that from multiple well-known news sources. But I, re, um, you know, re kind of posted that or mentioned that, and Twitter shut me down and said, you can't peddle fake news if you apologize. If you, uh, you know, uh, take that down, we'll put you back up, Sam, you're good. And my response is, yeah, until you don't like the next thing that I say, whether it's true or not, whether I have the right to say it or not. And, and so I rejected that, and I'm, I haven't been on Twitter since. Uh, in terms of posting my own stuff. So the problem is this is serious, and people are going to jail now, and they're ratcheting it up, Doctor, pretty soon. I don't even know if we'll be on the air. Well, that's a that's a grave concern. Uh, you know, the idea of, of being deplatformed, I mean, you know, you know the story about YouTube took me down, 1,500 videos laboriously put together and posted, and, uh, oh, well. You don't believe with the narrative that uh, that we're promoting, and so here you are. You're gone, and and you know you talk about people that uh, get. You know we used to talk about it during the Clinton administration of Arkansas, where uh, where they, uh, oh no, that guy killed himself. Three bullet holes in his head. I mean you know whatever, and and that's kind of. I mean, it's been one of those things that's been around, and it's just on steroids now. And the effort to contain and control, uh, we were going kind of in an interesting direction. I mean, you know, uh, it wasn't just the press. It wasn't just the, the CBS, NBC, ABC. There's a plethora of sources out there, pathways we can take. The Internet is a few clicks away from other uh, not so, uh, shall we say, establishment narratives that are out there and we can do our own research you're not at the beck and call of of a complete filter but they're trying well, to contain and the free that market and has it. a way of regulating itself though if Kyrie Irving goes off and makes a claim and makes a claim and makes a claim and everybody kind of finds it's bogus after a while Kyrie just has a credibility crisis and everybody knows it and so uh, the free market has a way of policing itself it does but I I'll tell you, I have not seen the blowback on the professional sports that I would have hoped would have been there when they have capitulated and taken a knee themselves on so many things. I will not ever again. I mean, I guess like that could happen. Well, they're literally in bed with the communist Chinese, and anybody who challenges yeah. that, they kick out too. Yeah, but, but I will not purchase another uh, professional sports ticket 
I, I can't foresee a system or a situation where I would ever do that again. You say, oh, boy, you narrow all your fun and everything like that. You know what? There's a lot of things that are worthy of my attention and devotion in spending the exorbitant prices we have to spend to get th so many of these spoiled brats that, uh, that are basically imposing their narrative, and it's just not the brats that are playing the ball game. They're playing a ball game, people. I mean, we have a World Series going now, and it's like, huh? I don't even know who's playing. But the fact of the matter is they, they make these big deals out of bread and circuses, and they're so much more noble and uplifting and things that, that, that really matter that we could put our time and attention in. Say, oh, well, I take my kids to the ball game occasionally. Well, you know, if you can afford, if you've got four kids and you're taking them, I don't know what you, your, your focus is really. I mean, spend your time, your energy on the things that really matter. And uh, it, it's not just baubles and spangles out in the world today. We've got to get more and more that way. You say, oh, you can't, you know, you mentioned something about man. You can't buy groceries if you believe in God. Well, maybe we better start figuring out how to grow our own groceries. And maybe we ought to figure out, uh, let's starve them out. I, uh, I've spent, I, I've told you before, Sam, I, I left home when I was 16. I traveled this country before I went in the service. I came to love this country. I met Americans that are dirt under the fingernails, good, noble hard-working Americans. I love them. I love the principles of the nation. I think there's enough of us still out there that we can starve these snowflakes to death. Uh, I mean, the, the Navy SEALs did it. High-priced, high-quality, highly-trained experts in their profession and they finally said, oh, yeah, you guys don't need to get the vax. All right, well, get they this following tidbit, ladies and gentlemen. We talk about the NBA's China problem. Turns out that a new study shows that NBA owners have literally $10 billion in China investments right now. That's according to ESPN.com. And so we see that, you know what, you can be in bed with a communist. That's okay. But if you're Kyrie, you can't say the world's flat. Now, Kyrie also is the guy that won't take the vaccines, and so they wouldn't let him play either. Ladies and gentlemen, we got a free speech problem. I'll tell you that right now. When we come back, I want to talk about the macro and micro view of God's plan in relation to all this. We'll do it in seconds with Dr. Scott Bradley, freedomsrisingsun.com on your radio. You are a racist. Your mom is a racist. Your dad is a racist. And your entire family is racist. And you should all be punished. That's what Governor Brad Little thinks about you. So much so that he took $30 million of taxpayers' money to force critical race theory down the throats of school children, even though the Idaho legislature voted against it. This is the doctrine that teaches your children that just because they are white, they are racist. Yes, your governor, good old Brad Little, violated the constitutional law and did this while you weren't watching. Why is Governor Brad Little paying to promote radical leftist doctrine loved by Democrats like Boise Mayor McLean and sleepy Joe Biden? This is Ammon Bundy, and we need to completely reject critical race theory in Idaho. Paid for by Ammon Bundy for governor. VoteBundy.com Do you know what is great about America? Ask an immigrant. 
Ask an Immigrant is a new podcast dedicated to helping Americans, especially our youth, value, appreciate, and be grateful for the freedoms we have here in America. Join host Lydia Wallace-Nuttle as she interviews immigrants from around the world to discover their inspiring personal stories about why they came to America. To learn more about why America is the most prosperous, greatest country in the world, download the Loving Liberty app or go to lovingliberty.net. Small Business Tech Guys is a team of experts ready to assist you with any service relating to growing your business. Our team specializes in information and technology, social media, general consulting, and HR. We thrive on assisting startup entrepreneurs with growing their businesses. If it's small business, it's our cup of tea. To schedule your free discovery call today, consider sbtechguys.com. We keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. sbtechguys.com. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a free speech and free free thought problem in America, ladies and gentlemen. It is a sad tale to tell how far we've come in the wrong direction, I'll tell you that. But you know what? There's a macro and a micro view of God's plan, Dr. Bradley. Ephesians 5.17 from the Apostle Paul says, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, ladies and gentlemen. This is critical because that's what our founders came for, doctor. Absolutely correct. It's, it's such a, uh, an enormous gap between what was then and what is now that, uh, well, maybe I can give you a, kind of a, a view into my eclectic mind that uh, some people may say, whoa, that's a stretch. But, but I... Uh, I started thinking this morning about uh, the founding principles of this nation. And, and you probably have heard many of the things of the laws of nature and nature's God. You find these in our founding documents. And people say, where the heck did that come from? Is that the God of a universe or a God of a volcano? Well, maybe they're one and the same. But uh, anyway, I uh, so I flipped open this morning to uh, uh, Blackstone's Commentaries on the Law, first volume, the second section in the introduction, uh, this, is, this is the section that he talks about the supreme being and uh, his tra- attributes and traits and, and uh, the laws of the creator and, and how they're superior and all that kind of... I wish there was uh, more time to read you paragraphs out of what he wrote. Um, his wisdom, his love, his, uh, his mercy, all of those kinds of things. And, 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 and this is what the American Founding Fathers read. I mean... Blackstone's commentaries on the law were published in 1865 to, no, excuse me, 1765 to 1769. All of the founding fathers studied them diligently along with writings of Montesquieu and Locke. And, of course, most uh, most focus was put in the scriptures, honestly. But at any rate, a couple of quotations out of this might fit what we're talking about. Uh, here's, here's one. Uh, it's a, a few lines. This law of nature being co-avowed with mankind and dictated by God himself, is, of course, superior in obligation to any other. It is binding. So, okay, so God's law is superior to all other laws. Isn't that interesting? I'll go back into the quote. It is binding over all the globe, in all countries, and at all times. No human laws are of any validity if contrary to this. And such of them as are valid derive all their force and all their authority immediately or immediately from this original. So these things, 
that that God has declared, and and He talks at great length about how they're declared for our happiness, and and He's He talks about how these foundations, the law of nature and the law of revelation, depends all human laws. That is to say, no human laws should be suffered to contradict these. And then he uses uh, an instance uh, to basically illustrate his point. He says, to instance in the case of murder, this is expressly forbidden by the divine and demonstrably by the natural law, and from these prohibitions arises the true unlawfulness of the crime. Okay, so so what he's saying is all of these God-ordained laws are how we should create our laws, okay, and and how the law of nations are to be created. I'm going to have to skip so much. But then here's he gets into rights. He says, those rights then which God and nature have established and are therefore called natural rights, such as our life and liberty, need not the aid of human laws to be more effectually invested in every man than they are. Neither do they receive any additional strength when declared by the municipal laws to be invaluable. On the contrary, no human legislature has the power to abridge or destroy them, unless the owner himself commits a, some act that amounts to a forfeiture. So if you commit, let's say you molest a child or murder someone or whatever, you have forfeited your right to some of these God-given rights, and that's the only time. And so here today, uh, we can take a, a very, very micro view. We, we just flopped our clocks last night away from uh, daylight saving to... Uh, uh, to the standard time, okay? And and I would say to you, the universal law is that the standard time is correct. And I, I've got a presentation I, I give to young people. Uh, I, I jokingly say, this will help you never come home late for a date again because you can look at the stars and tell the time. These, the, the heavens have a built-in clock in, in them. They, they Using the, the Polaris, you know, the North Star, and the Big Dipper, you can tell what time it is, okay? And and very accurately, you can tell the time. Say, so kids, you've never got an excuse your wristwatch stopped. I mean, the stars are still turning. And and so, you know, I jokingly tell that, and I say, oh, I, I got a way that you can, by the moon, you can tell it's a little more complex, but without getting into all of that. I believe that the, celest- the celestial heavens declare the true time. And daylight savings time is is wrong. Okay, so the the Senate some time ago, just fairly recently, had the audacity, the temerity, to pass a law that says we're going to go on daylight savings time permanently. Well, the House hasn't responded to it yet, and so it still hasn't been put into effect. But but this daylight savings time nonsense thing, it's like one old fellow said, "What makes you think you can cut a foot off the blanket on on the?" F- one end and sew it on the other end and add a at any time to the or any any length to the blanket. It's a complete fabrication. It's a it's something and you go, whoa, well that's a little thing, Bradley. But it's like I got a I got a, a, a text this morning from an old fellow that I know, the old farmer he says, You know why we have daylight savings time? So us poor people can enjoy the benefits of jet lag like the rich. I mean this guy's got kind of a an interesting eclectic thought process too. But from this little insignificant thing, this seemingly, uh, but but our legislature, they decide. Here, not long ago, our Utah legislature had a bill before it where individuals could go in and change what sex they were. 
that was on their birth certificate. I mean, who ordained them God and set forth such nonsense? But they, they think that when they get in an office, they can do this, and they can violate the, gods of na- the laws of nature and nature's God with impunity. And we constantly, this is how America is being run today. We are, being, we are setting aside everything God has ordained. And I, I'm absolutely convinced, and the founders were convinced, that the hand of God, the finger of providence, wh- however they said it, back in the late 1700s, testify of the fact that God had a hand in this. So here we are, a day before that what is considered election day, but in our state it's been election month for the last several weeks because of the stupidity of those that have perverted and basically canonized the ability to steal elections. But we're here against an election day. We're choosing people that we've got to choose wisely. Elections have, they have risks and rewards. They have consequences. And what we're doing right now is we're setting aside the ordained laws of the universe by the God of nature and nature's God, whom the founding fathers knew was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and who set forth lovingly principles that applied all over the world. And they were of no validity. uh, I mean, man's laws were of no validity if they violated these eternal principles, whether it's something stupid like a daylight savings time flip or flop, whatever, or some of these things like gender identification stuff. What God hath ordained, why and how can any man or woman set those aside with impunity? We have come a crossroads in America. We are we are coming to the point where we deny the God of nature and nature's God. Well, we have turned our back. Okay, all Americans haven't. I, I said earlier that there's good Americans in this country that I think, if we thought about it, would be able to take back the baseline principles. But I am absolutely appalled at how, whether they're small or great issues, whether it's it has to do with the, the God-ordained family, where he sent his children to earth to be taught, nurtured, and loved by a man and a woman that we're going to raise them in fear of God to perform his labors. And and this has nothing to do with the sect or, or religion, particularly, in fact, of saying, well, your religion's better than mine or whatever. It has to do with the baseline laws. Blackstone talked about that in this particular se- section I've been referring to. His laws are based upon love, mercy, justice, and and the carrying out of something that will bring happiness and joy to people. We've lost that principle. And as we elect people at this time of the year, all too often those people are glad-handers. They're lessers. They're people that never, ever think about the things of higher order. And, And they think that by waving their magic wand and having a more tolerant view of a sexual something, a made up sexual status or a perversion, or, or something that destroys the very core of society in destroying the family. They just, you know, willy-nilly go about it. And society and the nation are unraveling around us. I guess what my point would be is, you know, in, in little things as well as large, we need to turn back to that God who established not only this nation but all of mankind on this 
delightful, wonderful, amazing earth that he created that's self-sustaining, self-renewing. And we do our darndest to destroy everything that he has set forth and think that somehow our puny wisdom, our puny strength, our puny, uh, you know, that's basically what we base our education system on now is man's wisdom, if you will, quote-unquote. I put quotes around, around wisdom. And, and we, we've done this so long now, we have become gods unto ourselves. Why aren't we wait, worshiping Moloch or some of the other ancient gods as easily? I mean, to me, it's, it's absolutely as blasphemous as what we have done with our secular religion that we're imposing upon our children at taxpayer expense and in violation of the, the First Amendment. Uh, we have established a religion. It's a secular religion that God is the God of mankind's quote-unquote wisdom, which is ever-shifting. If you think that's stable, you look at what they've done with the so-called COVID nonsense. Not a shred of scientifically verifiable anything has gone into this from the very beginning of it. It has been a, it's not just a storyline, it is a script that they're working off of, and they're trying to promote it and continue it. California is now taking ad hominem attacks against an ability for someone to perform, to even support their family, by saying, no, we're going to take away your license. If you're, medical, if you're a medical doctor and you don't agree with our view, we're going to take away your license. And by the way, at two times in the Federalist Papers, Hamilton addressed the issue of power over a man's subsistence is a power over the man. They are exercising communistic rule in every bit the case that was done by the Kul uh, by Stalin and the Kulaks in the 1930s. In Ephesians 5.17, we need to understand what the will of the Lord is and do it, ladies and gentlemen. From the macro view to the micro view, big to small, we need to understand that free speech and free thought is vital. We certainly have a free speech and free thought problem in the United States, and we the people better stand up or we're going to lose our religious and our moral uh, ability to stand for what is right, to defend what is true, to think freely as our founding fathers fought and died for it, ladies and gentlemen. This is not a joke. Whether it's the Kyrie Irving, you think the world's flat, whether that's true or not, debate, right on up to throwing these guys in prison for pointing out the Communist Chinese Party has our election data. We better get a handle on it, and we better do it fast. Dr. Scott Bradley, thank you. God save the republic. Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Talk Show. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refused to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for November the 7th of the year of our Lord, 2022. This is our two of two. The goal is always to promote God, family, and country, and to protect life, liberty, and property, and to do so in the traditions of our founding fathers. The supreme law of the land is the blueprint for liberty, the Constitution of the United States of America. The checks and balances are brilliant, and we need to use them to restore the republic. Furthermore, we, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country 
on the face of the earth. Ladies and gentlemen, I got Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org with me as always. Welcome, Lowell. Yeah, good. I'm good to be here, Sam. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome, sir. We also have Mickey Willis with us, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't know who he is, he's a CEO of a company called Elevate. It's a media company. He's a renowned American film director, filmmaker, producer, uh, and social media personality. Uh, they claim he was a liberal before. Now they claim he's whacked out and right wing. Neither are true. He's just an American that wants the truth. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Does that introduction make sense? It seems like they like to attack you no matter what you do, sir. For the truth, <laughs> it makes sense, attack, although, aren't you? Uh, although, oh, yeah, oh, always, yeah. After, after the release of Plandemic, um, then, of course, it, 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 a lot of attacks happen. But the truth is, is I was a liberal. And that is why the attacks are so in intense, because when you leave that cult, when you wake up from it and you become a traitor in their eyes, um, you become the number one enemy to take down because they don't want anyone to report what they've seen and witnessed behind the curtain. Yeah, the problem when you say you were a liberal, though, see, the, the founding fathers used to be liberals, and, and the conservatives were the ones that wanted to stay with old King George. So I don't even know what that, that means is what I'm driving at. So. Yeah, so let me back that up and say I was a far lefty. There you go. All right. And so people change, <laughs> people learn, people grow. Is that a crime? I was born and raised in California, so I didn't really have a choice. It, you kind of get indoctrinated into that side, and uh, you know, from a very young age, you get hypnotized into believing that everything on the right is is horrible and greedy and bigoted and and wrong and satanic and all that. And then you realize later, you go, "Oh, that's all projection." There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. So you've been working on Plandemic, incredible series. Give people the thumbnail of how that started, and then tell people where you are, because you've been working on this for a long time, and the issue just continues to grow. The facts just keep coming out, don't they, sir? They absolutely do. And uh, two and a half years later, after releasing what has become the most seen movie in history, which, of course, we could not have uh, planned that or, or even imagined that that would be possible on a little low-budget independent documentary, that has now been seen well over, probably edging towards one billion and a half views at this point, because it was it was one billion uh, a year and a half ago, and that was uh, you know a lot a lot of factors that led to that. Of course, having the world on lockdown with very little to consume other than corporate media, and then suddenly having a film coming along that countered the uh, false narrative, when so many people were in a place of wondering if they were crazy and if there was more to the story, and so pandemic came along and. And the people picked it up and carried it around the world because they knew that it was, um, you know, the number one um, uh, thank you that we've received from people is thank you for letting me know that I wasn't crazy during a very insane time. And uh, two and a half years later, every claim within Plandemic 1 and 2 have been 100% uh, validated, uh, which even shocked me because I, I thought. Uh, not only 100% validated to the point where you can't even really with a straight face debate it anymore. No, you can't. You know, and the things they call this crazy foreign deplatformed. It's not only is it the most seen uh, movie in history, but it's the most censored movie in history. And what we were censored for are all the things that they're talking about now, for it being a lab leak and and uh, the fact that the vaccines were going to do harm and all the stuff that we uh, predicted, uh, which was more than a prediction. Uh, the, the incredible scientist Judy Mikovits, who was featured in Pandemic One, she knew what was going on, so she wasn't guessing. She had worked under Anthony Fauci for a number of years, and she knew exactly what the game is and how it's being played and what was what would be the outcome of it. And we're all facing that right now. So, um, you know, but it, it uh, you know, thanks to her and uh, a lot of great my great research team, uh, we it, it is now clear that uh, we got everything right. And what version or what uh, are you on now? 
We're on number three right now. Number three is by far the biggest and uh, the most important project that I've ever been involved in. For me, number two was the bombshell, which uh, far less people saw it. It's still a lot. We're up to a couple hundred million views on Plandemic 2, and I invite everyone to go see it. All my films are free, and they will always be free. And they're all at uh, plandemicseries.com. Um, but see Plandemic 2, which is called Indoctrination, and uh, check that out, because that, that was uh, you know, quite a bombshell revelation of following the, the money um, and fi finding out who is really behind this and who profits from it. And uh, now Plandemic 3 is the big picture. It's going all the way back. When I say all the way back, I mean back to the cradle of civilization to examine the master-slave relationship and understanding that that's what is alive and at work today is, is this, this relationship between the ruling class and the working class that has always been there and will always be there until the workers stand up to say we've had enough. And hopefully that's what's occurring right now. So um, uh, we are calling Plandemic 3 the Great Awakening because I, I firmly believe that that's what's taking place in our country and our world right now is a, a mass critical awakening. Plandemicseries.com to watch all three films. And here's what's interesting. Mr. Willis was asked, why does he offer his movies and book for free? Answer, the information revealed in the Plandemic series, whether it's book and or film, is not mine, he says. It's not mine to profit from. It belongs to the people. I'm simply returning it, he says. What an incredible stance. Lowell Nelson, my co-host, uh, welcome uh, and why don't you jump in right now, sir? Well, this is awesome. Um, uh, just totally awesome. I just, uh, you know, you remind me of uh, Naomi um, Wolf, uh, who also was, was, was on the left. And, but her interest is not, not partisan. I mean, it, her interest is in liberty. It's in freedom and understanding the real roots of freedom and, and also the real threats to freedom. And so my hat's off to you, sir, for putting this together. It's a pandemic series. And telling the truth. I mean, being a truth teller uh, is dangerous in today's civilization, as Ron Paul always said, right? Um, three, uh, truth is treason in, the, in an empire of lies. And that's what we're living in right now. It's an empire of lies in, in medicine, in pharma, in military, in foreign, uh, you know, foreign policy, in, in domestic policy. Every education, ab absolutely everything. And so... Uh, we we need truth tellers like you. Every one of us needs to be a truth teller. So that's I, I, I don't have a question for you right now. I'm just yeah. Well, just look, odd. look, Mickey is going to be, ladies and gentlemen, at the Red Pill Expo coming up this Saturday and Sunday in Salt Lake City, Utah. Get your personal tickets in person and or virtually now. TheRedPillExpo.com is where you can do that. But Mickey Willis, you have a uh, speech prepared. Why don't you give us kind of a uh, kind of a teaser for that, will you? Absolutely. Well, it's more than a speech. I'm going to be premiering about a 15-minute clip from Plandemic 3 and one of the most important moments within the movie itself featuring G. Edward Griffin, the, the man who founded the Red Pill Expo that we'll be speaking at, um, who I considered to be one of the most important living figures of this age. If, if people really knew the work that this man has done behind the scenes and the warnings that he gave America and the world starting in the 1960s, every one of those warnings and predictions is exactly what's taking place right now. He was spot on. And he learned this all through doing what very few people do, and that is reading the manifestos from the Communist Party, the Socialist Party, and 
they lay it out very clearly what they're planning on doing. And so he came out and told the world, they're serious, take it seriously, this is what's going to be happening. And when you see his talks from the 60s, it's quite alarming. And when I discovered them and became friends with Ed, I said, I want to use a big part of your work, uh, your legacy within Plandemic 3 to show compared to modern day footage and events that it's actually happening right in front of us right now so we can perhaps end this idea that people go to when they don't want to face reality when they say it'll never happen here. Well, it's already happening here and it has been for decades and so we need to wake up to that fact and realize we have an incredible opportunity in front of us right now and that opportunity requires every one of us, literally every one of us to step up and to, um, I think it was Ben Franklin who said, if we don't hang together, we all hang separately. And it's very important that we realize that. It's, it's not up to me, it's not up to leaders. The day of the guru, the day of uh, the people being followers is over. And this is, uh, we are all charged with the responsibility and quite, quite honestly, the honor of defending our nation, which is the firewall for the world. And so if you really care about this gift we call life, then we will all step up and at the very least use our voices. We will drop all of the conditioning that has us afraid of being disliked or you know, have to deal with a little discomfort of, of people shaming us online or whatever that is. And just get over that and start speaking our mind everywhere we can, at every opportunity we can, and speak it boldly and clearly. And if you have more op opportunity than just using your voice, then, then, then join us in the fight. Put your resources into this fight, everything you have, because the people that are ho hoarding their cash when the dollar's about to collapse, none of that makes sense anymore. It's like if you want to save your future, your family, your legacy, and create an environment for future generations where they can have the freedoms and liberties and the, the enjoy their lives and families uh, the way that we got to in our youth, then we will put all of our resources and energy behind this fight because we are making incredible progress right now. But this is the moment that we have to step up with our greatest power in numbers and, and, and unify. For those to, who oppose the truth, they're in crisis mode now. All they can do is throw these ad hominem attacks against us. All they can do, they're out of gas. All they can do is attack us personally these days, Mickey. seems like the truth is coming out so boldly, nobly, independently, and clearly that they have nothing left. It's, it's very true, and it's, it's obvious to anyone really paying attention that, um, as they say, when you're in a debate, once you start calling names, you've lost the debate. And right now, it's clear they've lost the debate. They, they don't have any facts on their side. They're, there's nothing they can point towards. They can just call a bunch of names. But then when they're challenged on that, when they say, show me where that person is a racist, show me where that person is a sexist, show me where that person is a fascist, they, they don't have the evidence to point towards that. When it's incredibly, um, and this is part of my talk that I'll be giving at, at the Red Pill Expo coming up here this weekend. It's really about breaking the spell of mass hypnosis. And it's easy for us to point at the other side and just say they're all, they're all under the spell. But it's really important for us all to consider it. to what degree are we perhaps under, under a spell and, and misconstruing, even if it's just the outlook we have on being human. Because we've all been uh, programmed to see humanity as this failed experiment. Our movies forever have been. There's so many sci-fi movies that equate humanity to a virus or a plague or a parasite. And all of this has been planted within, you know, our, our social networks so that we see ourselves as less because when we, the moment we see ourselves as less than, then it justifies doing harm to each other. And we need to rise above that. And I mean, I mean from the sinners 
to the people who consider themselves to be true Christians. Like, let's step up, back off on the judgment a bit, and start to see each other again as humans, even if we totally disagree, to understand that this is the moment we need each other. And the only way that we're going to come back to each other is by literally uh, to respond to each other as Christ would as children of God and understand that we've all made mistakes. I come from the far left. I've done a full 180 in my life. If I can do it from as far left as I was, anyone can do it. And so it's let's give each other the opportunity without shame and without this, this rhetoric of they're the stupid ones or any of that because these mind control programs, and that's truly what it is, they have been in operation for decades within our nation and our world. They were designed for highly intelligent, deeply caring people. It's weaponized morality. I'm kind of a, an enigma, ladies and gentlemen. I'm a super sinner and a saint at the same time. I'm a super sinner, sad but true. Uh, but I do my very best to follow Jesus Christ. And that's where their real you. attacks uh, are coming, I think, Mickey. They really want to attack anything that is praiseworthy, good, honorable, uh, truthful. They want to attack really everything related to Christ uh, and a, a belief in God where there's a hope. And they want to destroy any of that from every element of our society. Isn't that really where it's going? Pandemic is only part of the big picture, right? Exactly. And as you said in your opening, you know, family, God, and country, those are, those are the three strongest pillars that we have. And so all of those are under attack. And, and, and uh, you know, the one that's most troubling to me, of course, is family. Because if you look at my lower third, as they call it in the film world, which is the credit that goes under your name on anything that I do, it says father slash filmmaker. I'm a father first. That's my job. That's really what I came here for. That's my life's purpose to raise. I have two young boys, and my job is to be there for them and to provide the, the, uh, the best experience that I can possibly give them before I set them free out into the world. And when you have family, when you have God, when you love your country, you're unstoppable. And so if they can chop one of those pillars down, it takes three minimum of three pillars to hold up a structure. The moment you have two, that, that structure comes down. And so those are the three pillars that we must maintain and fight for because as long as we have those three, we can support the structure that makes this country and has always made this country um, the, the, the place that people want to escape to. It, that says everything, that we have so many migrants trying to get here uh, is because we have an incredible country that we're, we all should be incredible grateful for and it's worth fighting for and if if god country isn't worth fighting for then i don't know what is all right there you have it lol chime in now sir well uh you'll be interested to know mickey that back at uh, branson i was just down uh, out there this past weekend friday and saturday for the clay clark's uh, you know uh, reawakening america tour and right. the sentiment that you just expressed that uh, was was echoed by general michael flynn in his closing remarks at that conference, he he encouraged us to be steady, you know, free, and, and to really recognize who we are, because if we truly recognize our own the, own, the, the, the divinity within each one of us, we are children of God, and and to the extent that we fail to recognize that divinity, then we fail to reach our full poten- potential. But to the extent that we do recognize that divinity, we can protect the freedom, the liberty, the life, the, the liberty, the property that God gave us, put into our stewardship, then then we can do great things, and, and we will do great things. He just encouraged, he counseled, he, uh, he, he just said, be steady. And, and uh, I, I hear that in the sentiment that you're expressing 
and I look forward to the uh, the Red Pill Expo. By the way, they were passing out flyers <laughs> for the Red Pill Expo in Salt Lake City at that Branson City, uh, Branson, Missouri event. I mean, they had flyers for the Red Pill Expo at, at that, you know, at that event. So I expect a, a big turnout, and I just encourage all of our listeners to, to buy a ticket to the Red Pill Expo in Salt Lake City this coming weekend. I really thank you for your words there, and I have to say that I've, I've been to countless events, particularly in the past two and a half years, and, and I, I spoke once shortly after the release of Plandemic 1 at Red, the Red Pill Expo. So this is now two or three years ago, or I guess it would be two years ago. And I, I honestly uh, share that it is, to date, my favorite event that I've spoken at. And it is the quality of the event. It's not enormous in size. It's, it's, it's contained enough that there's a real great deal of focus on the presentations that are happening. They are structured well. They are chosen very carefully. Um, and and the, the, the value, the value of what I learned from my single experience at Red Pill Expo, I, I have taken with me um, in, into my life in, in every way. So I highly recommend that people attend this event. All right, Mickey, we know you got to fly because you're busy getting ready for the Red Pill and everything else. But, man, we sure appreciate all that you do. We're grateful for your leadership, for your uh, desire for truth. You know, it doesn't matter where we all start out. I'd rather be uh, one foot out of hell headed for heaven than one foot out of heaven headed for hell. So you know what? Uh, whether you're left or this or that, you know what? We all start out with kind of what we've what we've been taught, what we've been indoctrinated, what we've been given. The key is to unlearn uh, the the uh, disinformation uh, and to truly learn and embrace and have the guts to stand up for truth. And that's what you've done. And we're grateful for your involvement. We're grateful for your leadership and for your friendship, sir. Oh, I appreciate your such kind kind words. I really, I, I really appreciate all the work that you guys are doing too, and it's an it's an honor to do this work. Any parting shot as you uh, you know encourage people to go to the uh, red pill coming up? Well, I just tell people you know hang hang in there, where uh, and buckle up. We haven't seen the worst of it yet. The when when the dragon is being slayed, that's when it breathes the hottest fire, and and so it's not going to go down without. A, a final burst of, of uh, hot air, and um, and so we really we we need to prepare for that. But the good news is, is this is the fight that we came here for. The, everything within mythologies of, of the human story that we've been telling ourselves since the beginning of time suggests that at the very end of this battle, that the good wins. And so as people step closer into evaluating what is good and what is evil on this planet, I think there's been a, 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 a concerted effort to confuse people between uh, understanding and observing what is good and what is bad. But people are starting to feel that now because as they lose the trust in people that they consider to be their leaders, then they're, they're, they're needing to find that internal compass within themselves, and that's leading them to what is good and what is right. And so just buckle up, people, hang on, and we will see the other side of this together. I have no doubt about that. Amen to that. Mickey Willis, everybody, stable marriage, wonderful children, family man. He puts father first in his incredible long list bio of uh, really rock star stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate him and all that he does. Plandemicseries.com. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, there we have it. You know what? Gird up your loins, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a work to do. It's time to be about our father's business. That is the sacred cause of liberty. Plandemicseries.com to watch the two movies that are out, the third one that's coming up, and he will be speaking at the Red Pill Expo uh, coming up. 
Uh, and Lowell, you're going to go to the red pill too, right? Absolutely. It's on my calendar, Sam. Wow, you yeah, go everywhere, man. I wanted to go to Branson. I just couldn't get there. There's just too many places to be, too many things to do. But, man, you rolled into Branson last Friday, Saturday, the Wake in America or Rewake in America tour with General Flynn and, and Clay Clark and others, uh, dear friends of ours. Um, they had a great event. How many people were there? Well, that, it was sold out. Uh, they, we filled the theater. Um, it's the mansion uh, house there in Branson, uh, the School for Performing Arts, or uh, I think that's the name of it. And uh, it was packed to the, the, the top of the balcony. I mean, it, every seat was filled, uh, well sold out. They had a, a vendor tent outside as well. People uh, just came and went uh, all, all the two days um, visiting the vendor booths and hearing the speakers and then meeting the speakers. <laughs> I got to take pictures with, with, uh, with General Michael Flynn, America's general. They, and Eric Trump came and spoke on the first day. We got to take pictures with him. Um, we got to take pictures with uh, Cash Patel. Um, you know, some of these notable uh, people, even the photographer for uh, Donald Trump, his name is, uh, last name is Ho, let's see, H-O. Anyway, photographer for Donald Trump for two years, he was there. And, uh, you know, it, it's just a big, big event. People from all over the country, you know, not just in Branson, Missouri. In fact, there were fewer people from Branson compared to the, the whole audience. In other words, you know, maybe 10% of the audience was from Missouri, <laughs> from Branson. We had people from Texas and, and Iowa and, uh, you know, just from all over the country. And it truly was um, a, a great event. Our own Robert Scott Bell spoke. Uh, Robert Scott Bell is here in Utah, and he flew out uh, for the event as well. So they probably 30, 40, 50 speakers. I'm not sure how many total, but uh, it truly was a magnificent event. And if I... I could say one more thing about that, echoing what um, uh, Mickey Willis just said. Um, there is a theme to these, and it is that uh, you were born for a time uh, such as this. Um, Mickey was born to do what he's doing right now. <clears throat> That's part of his a mission, his earthly assignment. And each one of us have a mission to fulfill, whether it's a radio broadcasting or movie production. Each one of us can do something in the sacred cause of liberty. Sam? Ladies and gentlemen, one of the speakers at the uh, Reawaken tour was Seth Keschel. He talked about electile dysfunction, talking about <laughs> elections. They say it was really funny uh, and a great speech, but you know what? On the eve of the elections, if you will, election day is tomorrow, Tuesday, November 8th, ladies and gentlemen. We really want you to uh, become a VIP. What is that? A VIP voter is somebody who votes in person. It's critically important to vote in person, Lowell. Well, and I'll tell you why, Sam. Many of us can probably guess why, but if you don't vote in person, then you're probably going to vote early, which means that your ballot gets to the county uh, offices early. They know who's voted, but there's also been people... Um, that they know who haven't voted. And we can get into that uh, right after this uh, important uh, break, Sam. Ladies and gentlemen, hard-hitting talk radio at your fingertips, live and on demand at lovingliberty.net. Spread the word, share the love, tell the tale of truth, would you please? This is Liberty Roundtable Live. Exposing corruption, informing citizens, Pursuing Liberty. 
You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. 435 House seats, 35 Senate seats, and 36 governor's races will be decided as the midterm elections are tomorrow. Get out and vote like your country depends on it. South Carolina GOP Senator Tim Scott on Fox News is calling on all Americans that are sick and tired of being sick and tired with Washington. I smell desperation in the air. It's crystal clear. If we are to win the majority in the Senate, it takes every single voter in a battleground state who is sick and tired of being sick and tired, Republicans, Democrats, and independents, to show up and vote for the Republican candidate. Taking a cue from Elon Musk at Twitter, Meta, Facebook's parent company, is planning to begin large-scale layoffs this week. Meta reported more than 87,000 employees at the end of September. Company officials told employees to cancel non-essential travel beginning this week. There will not be a Game 7. The Houston Astros won the World Series late Saturday, beating the Philadelphia Phillies in six games. Last week, three Chinese companies have been ordered by the Canadian government to sell its lithium mining assets in Canada. The Great White North has now put limits on foreign involvement in supplying critical minerals used in batteries and high-tech products. The communist Chinese government are mining in Africa, Latin America, and Canada and are pushing for countries to buy electric cars. The Powerball jackpot sits at a record $1.9 billion after it rolled over Saturday night because no ticket matched all six drawn numbers. Monday's drawing will be the 41st Powerball drawing since the last jackpot was won on August 3rd. That happened in Pennsylvania. Remember, only play with money you can afford to lose. USA Radio News. Do you have three ex-wives and your current trophy wife wants a life insurance policy three times the size of the policies you had to purchase for your previous mistakes? If so, you need to call Big Lou at Term Provider, 800-568-2790. Big Lou is intimately familiar with your problems. And if you're 50 or 60 years old and in reasonably good health, a $1 million policy should only cost about 100 to $200 per month. Big Lou may have a solution for your previous policies as well. You may even save enough money to lighten the load on your new $1 million policy. Remember, call Big Lou. He's like you, except he's only on number two. Call Term Provider at 800-568-2790. That's 800-568-2790. For a million dollars in term life insurance that you can live with, call Big Lou at 800-568-2790. Live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman, Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org on your radio. You've got to become a VIP. What does that stand for? A vote in person voter tomorrow. Because, ladies and gentlemen, it is election day tomorrow. you got to understand, we have got to vote. And you've got to vote for good, honest, wise men to fill these offices. But let's talk about uh, why it's so important to vote in person, ladies and gentlemen. Lowell? Well, everybody um, knows, well, not everybody knows this, and so that's why we're talking about it. <clears throat> it turns out that anyone can get voting records. Now, they, 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 they don't know how you voted, but they know whether you voted. And so there, it's, you, 
get voting records for your county or for your state, whatever, and thereby know who habitually votes. You know, they, and it's roughly, I don't know, 40, 50, 60 percent of the voting public on on uh, you know, presidential election years, and then that got dropped in half on midterms. Now tomorrow is a midterm. If not, you know, there's no president, uh, presidential candidates on the ballot, and so you, so everybody knows that there will be fewer people voting tomorrow than than two years ago, and and fewer people tomorrow than two years hence. And so knowing this, um, campaigns uh, they can get a hold of the voting records of people who, not only do they know your voting habits. But they also know whether you have voted yet this election. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, they, they can know. Campaigns give an updated list every day of who has voted. How do they, why do they do that? Well, because they want to drive their voters to the polls to make sure that their candidate gets the votes of the people who have pledged to vote for their candidate. Well, because the campaigns are getting this information every day, and they know who's voted and who hasn't voted. And they also can make some pretty good educated guesses on who is not going to vote in the midterm election tomorrow. And that means that that gives them an opportunity to manufacture a ballot for such people. People who they think will not vote tomorrow on their own have decided to sit this one out. And they will manufacture ballots for those voters and submit them as though the voter had actually voted. You, you may look askance at this initially and say, what? I mean, people don't do that. Well, we proved that people do that in the last election by canvassing uh, about 40,000 votes cast in Clark County, Nevada. A bunch of my friends uh, went down there, volunteered, canvassed the areas, and found uh, about 17,000 people who signed affidavits affirming that their vote had been um, counterfeited. Uh, in, in other words, they still had their ballot on their kitchen table, for example, and yet someone had voted for them. Or the vote came from a construction lot, somebody who doesn't even live there, or maybe an apartment complex where nobody had, had moved in yet, and yet the votes came from those areas. So we know that this goes on. Well, if you vote, if you wait to, to, to vote on election day, and then, and, and, and so the very first thing, you, you walk in there to vote, they'll look up your name up, and, and if they tell you that you've already voted, then you call the sheriff immediately and say, someone is trying to, to use, to vote for me. That's what we call voter fraud. Someone uh, cast about for you, and yet you haven't voted yet, that is voter fraud. Now, there, hopefully, no one has voted for you yet, and then you cast a vote tomorrow, um, and, and that means that the, the powers that be, the campaigns and the people who would do dirty uh, in this election, they don't have nearly as much time to react, right? They can't manufacture ballots quickly for uh, everybody who, you know, they, they, they want to when they, they, it's the last day of the so-called election. We don't have election day anymore, folks. We have election month. And that's one of the things that we got to stop. we got to go back to election day so that it becomes increasingly difficult to, to, uh, to commit election fraud. But and ladies and gentlemen, if they manufacture a vote for you and then you vote on election day in an audit, they can tell whether it was a mail-in ballot for you or whether it was an election day ballot. 
uh, and therefore it's very hard for them because they can get caught very easily. And they're actually developing software that can tell if you vote on that day. Then they can either one, you know, swap out your vote, uh, etc. But you know, you got to vote in person because then it's a lot harder for them to manufacture ballots for you, ladies and gentlemen. Let me give you a statistic to back up Lowell's point here. I don't know if you know this, but from the American Family Association, AFA dot uh, net, I think it is, uh, or it's Oreo. I'll have to look. Anyway, only about 50% of Christians in America are registered to vote. And believe it or not, only about 50% of those actually vote in a given election cycle. That means 75% of Christians aren't voting, Lowell. Wow. That's serious, man. we got to fix that. <laughs> that is the point, ladies and gentlemen. So I look at that and I say, you know what? We've got to. We've got to vote for the right people ladies and gentlemen um the story it's not yours to give really highlights the reality check from history about how important it is to vote for the right people all this is such a great story sam i have read this i don't know a dozen times over in the past 20 30 40 years it's the story of davy crockett and one of his constituents horatio bunce now davy crockett was elected to congress from the state of tennessee in 1827 and it turns out that he ran for re-election in two years later, in 1829. And, um, and, and as he was out campaigning for re-election, he, he encountered a farmer named Horatio Bunce. And, and so, of course, Crockett asked for, him, uh, asked for his vote, and Bunce politely responded that although he had voted for Crockett two years before, he would not vote for him again in 1829. Well, David Crockett was always a sincere guy, an honest guy, and he was taken aback by this. He, he frankly asked Bunce why he wouldn't be voting for him this time. And, and Horatio Bunce then did a very patriotic and honorable thing. He explained specifically why he would not be voting for David Crockett. He explained that, that Crockett had supported a bill in the previous congressional session that uh, that demonstrated that Crockett had no understanding of the Constitution and therefore was not qualified to be in Congress. Or just think of all the congressmen that have no understanding of the Constitution that aren't qualified to be in Congress. Well, this mystified Crockett, and he asked, well, he couldn't think of a bill that he had supported that had violated the Constitution. Well, this is when Horatio Bunce reminded him that he had, in fact, voted for a bill that provided $20,000 to help people in Washington, D.C. who had lost their homes in the fire, the fire of, I think it was 1828. Well, Crockett acknowledged that, yes, he had supported the bill. He said that the Treasury was overflowing, and he felt that helping those struggling families was the right thing to do. Well, Bunce then pointed out that the Constitution does not authorize Congress to appropriate funds to help out needy people. He said the Crockett and the other members of Congress should have used their own personal funds to help out the family. In other words, uh, monies raised by taxes were, quote, not yours to give, end of quote. And that's where the, the title of the essay comes, uh, Not Yours to Give. Well, um, Davy Crockett, being an honest uh, gentleman, he immediately recognized the validity of Bunce's point, and he vowed never to do it again. He, and he, he said, look, if you can get people together, I will publicly apologize 
to them and promise never to make that mistake again. Well, so Horatio Bunce organized a campaign event for Crockett in his area. A week later, he came and spoke. There were about a 1,000 people there, and David Crockett explained to them the folly of his vote, why it was wrong, and publicly acknowledged the validity of Horatio Bunce's point. And he vowed and promised never again to support a congressional appropriation to help out people in need. Now, that's the end of the, of the story, Sam. And, and, you, and your listeners will remember that Davy Crockett later gave his life at the Alamo. And uh, he was a great man in so very many ways, Sam. But that's the story. And, and the reason I, I mentioned that story today, Sam, is because we have our Congress is, is littered with congressmen who don't understand that they don't have the authority to give money out to people in need. They, they should not be involved in propping up, you know, people who don't work, uh, people that they locked down, people who, ha, you, know, ha, ha, you know, suffered, you know, losses in their businesses or whatever. That's not the proper role of government, Sam. It's, it's not. And we just need to get people out there. We need a citizen population who understands the proper role of government and who understands that Congress should not be throwing money at welfare programs, you know, to, to prop people up. This is where, you know, charities and churches should be, you know, could be stepping in if, if the people weren't taxed so heavily uh, by our government uh, that, that then throws their money uh, at, at these people and their needs. Now, I'm not being unsympathetic to people and their needs. Hang on. Can you skip the break, Cameron? All right. Skip the break. Uh so Crockett immediately recognized the validity of Bunce's point. He vowed not to do it again, thought that would be enough, but no. Bunce said, hey, you know what, Crockett, if you will tell all the people that it was wrong to do it, not only would I vote for you, I will encourage others to vote for you as well. Well, you look at the humility uh, of a Davy Crockett. He literally did that. He went out in front of everybody and said, you know what, I was wrong, and I'll never do it again. And uh, this story is real. In terms of the change we can help people make, the understanding we can bring to the table, the education, the commitment, the morality, the integrity, the honor, and the humility that it takes to truly serve the people, Lowell. And that, those are the kind of people we're seeking for when we vote in person tomorrow, sir. How many people do you, in Congress, Sam, do you know who, who would actually stand up and acknowledge a mistake like that and apologize for casting a vote for... Uh, a, a bill like that, Sam. I mean, just give me a guess. Uh, yeah, guess a number of how many people in Congress today do you think would do that? Uh, maybe two or three at best. And that's all yeah. 535 members, right? I do believe yeah. there are two or three that might actually do that. I do too. I think uh, I, I think there's probably half a dozen, maybe up to, to 10 that would do that because you know, there are more people. I, I always talk about, you know, uh, Thomas Massey and Rand Paul and so forth, but I think there are more than that, and I'm becoming better and better acquainted with them the more I circulate. You know, I've been focused so much on state politics, I, I don't really pay much attention national, but, you know, the, the Brunson th Branson thing this past weekend, I you know, and, and studying news events and so forth, I am acquainted more now with some of, there's, there's probably a dozen good people in Congress, but I hope know. there's that many. But remember, there's a lot that might admit privately, hey, you know what? Uh, Bunt was right and say, I won't do it again. There's not a lot of people that would come out publicly and say, look, uh, 
I shouldn't have done it. I was wrong, and I'm telling you I will never do it again. So there's a different level here that you got to remember, and I hope there's that many. I pray you're right, uh, but I hesitate in thinking. And if there is 10, just say, out of 535, what percent is that, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, 53 would be 10%. 5.3 would be 1%. So you're talking maybe 1%, 2% at best would have the guts to not only admit it, but to say I'll, and promise never to do it again and publicly literally detail that reality uh, and publicly pledge that to all voters. That is the key. Very, very humble. But you know what? This is the guy that gave his life at the Alamo. So, hey, he is a true patriot for sure. And we need to seek for patriots like that. I believe Stuart Rhodes is a patriot, folks. I know a lot of people are throwing him under the bus, claiming that he's part of the deep state and everything else. I don't believe it. I'm not buying it. I'm not accepting it. There's no proof of that. But at the Oath Keepers trial now, Stuart Rhodes is testifying that the 2020 election was unconstitutional, Lol, This is incredible. Yes, he. the prosecution rested <clears throat> last week, and so Friday was the first day of defense, and the defense attorney put <clears throat> Stuart Rhodes on the stand to testify and uh, then asked him straight out. He said, you know, do you think that the, um, the 2020 election was stolen? Well, Stuart Rhodes just boldly said, look, the election was unconstitutional, and, and, and just plain out explained it was invalid because it did not comply with Article 2 of the Constitution. And so I found this very interesting, Sam. You know, you probably are familiar with a lot of this because you know Stuart, and I've met him, but I didn't know a lot of his background. I just thought this was very interesting. I didn't know that he was one-quarter Mexican. He was born in Fresno, California. You know, people are calling him uh, a racist. Well, there's no way he's a racist. I mean, uh, he's, um, I, 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 I already gave you his, his own, um, you know, the fact that he was one-fourth one, one Mexican. And, and, in fact, both sides of his family served in different military branches. And so he's, he's not afraid of military service. He's patriotic duty. He served uh, in the Army during special ops. He became a weapons, in, uh, weapons expert. He got injured in, uh, while training in parachute jumping, honorably discharged as a disabled veteran. And, um, and so why is he doing – and he founded the Oath Keepers organization in 2009, okay? So that's like 12, 13 years ago. And why? It was to educate the military and the law enforcement on how to distinguish between legitimate and illegitimate orders. He wanted people to be aware of their constitutional rights. His main concern was how – Authorities responded to natural disasters and how citizens were treated. And despite the recent label of the Oath Keepers organization as a racist, white supremacist, far-right group, I mean, that's what they're labeling them as, Rhodes said the organization has members who are Native Americans, Filipino Americans, African Americans, and others. He denied having any racist members within the Oath Keepers uh, uh, organization. He said... He simply said, we wouldn't tolerate that. And so, um, anyway, Oath Keepers, they put the Constitution and country above everything else. Uh, he also said that the Constitution is for righteous people. That's a very interesting statement coming from, from Stewart, you know, who organized and founded Oath Keepers. But it's so true. The Constitution is for righteous people because it takes a righteous people, as Ben Franklin said, and as John Adams said, and as George Washington said, it's only fit for a moral and upright people, and it's unfit for any other. 
So if if we're if we're an evil people, then then we don't deserve the Constitution. So the the answer is to repent. <clears throat> the people have to repent. That's that's you and me, Sam. It's everybody li- listening to the sound of our voices. We need collectively as a country and individually to repent of our sins and weaknesses, and we need to acknowledge uh, the Lord Jesus Christ and God in heaven above as the one who can heal our land if we will simply repent and turn to him. So anyway, Stuart Rhodes, uh, he'll continue Yeah, I consider Stuart a dear friend. Uh, I know him personally. Uh, I'm not saying I'm his best friend or anything. I'm just telling you that I know him quite well. I've had many a private conversations with him in person uh, and over the phone. I have literally worked with him on security for events uh, plenty of times. And I'm telling you right now, the idea that he's a racist is an insane, psychotic lack of truth reality, ladies and gentlemen. It's just not true. And for him to take the stand is very, very risky. But he's willing to do it because he knows what he's talking about. He's a trained attorney uh, from Yale uh, in addition to his military service. Uh, look, I'm telling you right now, the guy is a good guy, and I'm not buying uh, all this turn against Stuart Rhodes. Let's defend him. Let's stand with him, uh, unless you have proof otherwise that you can positively show. I'm not going to accept it. Now, maybe you don't like his tactics. That's up to you. But I'm telling you right now that I am convinced Stuart Rhodes is a good guy, and I'm not backing down, and I'm not throwing him under the bus. I just will not do it. Uh, and I will tell you one other thing about Stuart Rhodes. Not only is he standing up for what he believes, but you look at his track record. He's been in all kinds of places and uh, all kinds of uh, hot zones in the United States, meaning riots and everything else. And every time him and the Oath Keepers have been on the side of law enforcement, I know law enforcement personnel that have been grateful for the Oath Keepers' support uh, and their involvement. I know that they have decreased violence. They have prevented attacks and protected people. And including there's video evidence in the, the EpicTimes.com film about January 6th that absolutely shatters the government lie narrative. Uh, And in that, there are uh, Oath Keepers who are literally uh, going in, up the stairs, uh, in a military formation to split the crowd. They go in and they get a bunch of police officers and they bring them out to safety. Okay, that is on video. And so when you say that they're just destroying and they're attacking, it's a lie. Folks, and the last point that I would make is if Stuart Rhodes really wanted to, why did they leave all their weapons on the other side of the river? Why didn't they bring their weapons into Washington, D.C.? And the answer is because they had them at the ready in case Trump needed them. They didn't bring them because they weren't intending on violence. If that's not as strong of case to make the point between those two facts, I don't know what is. The video for the Epic Times that the government won't show you, showing them literally bringing police officers to safety. And then secondly, the fact is the weapons were left across the river, left in Virginia or whatever, not brought into D.C. because they were only going to bring them in if they felt like they had to. They didn't. Is that positive proof enough? So they're lying to you about Stuart Rhodes. And he's right. The Constitution does not authorize Congress to do these things. Look, the fact is they are violating Article 2 of the Constitution. That's really, really Uh, important to understand, ladies and gentlemen. All right, there's 10 points to true election integrity that we want to highlight before the end of the hour because tomorrow is election day. Vote in person. Become a very important voter. Vote in person. But these 10 points to true election integrity, we need to basically not only double down for this election, but we need to really double down and defend and promote well into the future because we're not going to solve this in one election cycle. Lol, this is a long-term strategy and effort, sir. 
Number one, we got to clean up the voter rolls, Sam. No more dead people voting. No more people who've moved away from your neighborhood. They shouldn't be voting in your election. And Let me yet, be really uh, quick. That means you got to get out of Eric. E R I C. Get out of Eric now. <laughs> That's right. How, how do you think we got 110% turnout in some of our precincts across the country in 2020, folks? Well, it's because of voter rolls that uh, were not accurate. They got to be cleaned up. Number two, we got to eliminate all electronic uh, equipment, computers, uh, Scantron machines, anything that counts ballots or that manufactures ballots and counts them. And we got to get rid of those. We got to get back to paper, we got, which is then hand counted and is easily visible uh, to poll watchers because that's how we're going to restore confidence in our elections. If people can actually see the ballots being counted, if they can see an empty box at the beginning of the day and nothing but the contents of the box uh, being counted at the end of the day, and, and knowing that anybody who casts a ballot into the box lives in their neighborhood and is a registered voter, I mean, those are the elements of a secure election. So number two, we got to remove, get rid of the computers, go back to paper ballots. Number three, require voter ID. The people who give you a ballot there at the polling station need to know that you're registered to vote and, and that you are a valid voter. And they need to know you. Um, you know, so 30 years ago, the three election judges in my precinct, they all knew who I was. I knew them. And I don't think I ever showed them my driver's license because they knew I, I was their neighbor and they were my neighbors. So very easy when the precincts are small, then it's for, for the election judges to know everybody in their neighborhood. Number four, ban mail-in voting. This, this is one of the worst things that ever came along was mail-in uh, voting uh, because you can you can corrupt election. There's no chain of custody on your ballot. You're, the father of the family might be voting for all of the people in his household instead of allowing them to vote on their own. You just don't know what goes on behind closed doors and around the kitchen table. And so we got to ban mail-in voting. we got to ban early voting. Uh, instead of having election month, we need to get back to election day. Uh, you know, yeah, we could allow for absentee uh, voting for those who simply cannot vote in person, but but for the most part, 99% of the people they can they can go to the polls, they can vote. They need to be done in person. Uh, number six, make smaller precincts. Now, Seth Kessel was saying 1,200 or fewer voters. I say 1,000 uh, or fewer voters. That's what it was here in the state of Utah for a lot of years. It's now 1250, but we need to ratchet that back down to a thousand or fewer voters, in my opinion. Number seven, ban ballot harvesting. That's where people just go and you know, maybe go to a rest home and collect ballots from all of the older uh, people there and, you know, promise to vote the way they want them to vote or, or help them fill out their ballot, you know. And of course, as you and I, you and I both know, they will have some questions about. You know who to vote for, and so they'll accept the ballot harvester's recommendation, and/or the ballot harvester will simply fill in the, the the vote for for whoever he wants, regardless of what the older person says. So we got to ban ballot harvesting. Number eight, we need to make the election day a holiday. Number nine, implement new reporting requirements for transparency. <clears throat> no, no more of this. You know, well, we need to wait another day for more ballots to come in. Oh, we need to wait another day for more ballots to come in. All the while, they're manufacturing and printing these these mail-in ballots that are not creased, <laughs> right? And finally, number ten, impose severe penalties on those convicted of election fraud. 
right? Um, and that adds to my 11, which is we need to have them all, the vote counters, the election officials, everybody in a given precinct um, uh, in writing, confirm the ballot count under the penalty of perjury. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, if it's good enough for my tax returns, it's good enough for your vote. <laughs> I'm with you on that, Sam. You know, and the way we did it in Utah for a lot of years, we'd have three election judges. They'd be the ones meeting and greeting the public as they came in to vote. And you, then you'd have three election judges who actually count the ballots. And so the ballots could be counted, you know, starting in the early afternoon by these other three election judges. And poll watchers could, of course, watch that. And, 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 then, and then by the end of the night, those poll watchers, and I'm sorry, the poll, the poll judges, they would call, they would telephone the county clerk with the numbers. In our precinct, you know, so-and-so got this many votes and so forth. So that was well-known. And so you knew by the 10 o'clock news who had won the election. Well, in France, I'm here to tell you that in France, they just did an election with 3.3 million votes cast, and they were all hand-counted. They were all on paper ballots, Sam. All 3.3 million were counted on, you know, by hand. It was on paper. And it was done, it was done timely, day. ladies and gentlemen. Same day results, Sam. Yep. Folks, this is what we need to do. Don't give up. This is not an election cycle discussion. This is a long-term accountability transparency discussion. And we have got the blueprint of what we need to do. Now we, the people, just need to assemble ourselves and demand it. After all, they work for us. They derive their just power from the consent of the governed. Let's go, people. Vote in person and then help us demand for accountability and integrity in our elections. It all starts with transparency. For Lowell Nelson and Sam Bushman, uh, let's see, campaignforliberty.org, lovingliberty.net, spread the word. The Red Pill Expo coming up this weekend, theredpillexpo.com, check it out. For Lowell and Sam and Scott and Mickey, we declare this nation shall endure. God save the republic.